Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's uh, 409 here in the station, 83 degrees and sunny. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Um, let me see. Uh, Rob, the Presidential Succession Act of uh, 1947 outlines the order of succession. It goes like this. Vice President, Speaker of the House, President Pro Temp of the Senate. That office is held by Senator Patty Murray of Washington State. That is scary. It is, but that's the succession route, so something else that uh, should be concerning. But uh, I think there's plenty before we get to Senator Patty Murphy, Mur- Murray, like the current president, the current vice president, and uh, the, you know, vacant Speaker of the House, Speaker of the House, obviously. So it's uh, going to be interesting there. Um, just looking at some, some issues going on. It looks like, uh, Congressman Cartwright is going to have a, uh, a challenge. This was just some breaking news. Well, it says 19 minutes ago, but I think it was about an hour ago. Cause it was just before I got on the air. I saw it come in. Um, Bres- Bresnan, Bresnahan, Bresnahan. It's going to challenge Cartwright, a chief executive officer of an Exeter construction company, plans to run for Congress to unseat U.S. Representative Matt Cartwright next year. Republican Rob Bresnahan, 33, created Rob for PA, a political action committee, by filing paperwork Monday with the Federal Elections Committee, and he's the uh, CEO of Kahalchik Construction. Again, this just came out just as I was walking in the studio, I saw the breaking news for our local uh, local stations, so uh, local news. And uh, have you guys noticed the change in the uh, Times Tribune and the Citizens' Voice? They just haven't been as robust. You know, I know there were some buyouts, and I know there's changes going on there. But whatever they've done has become noticeable in the news that they're putting out. Now, a lot of the people there are the same. I'm not talking about the quality articles that are there. I'm talking about the variety the the extent of them they seem to be very slim down would be the word again and it's not has to do with the reporting from the people who are there or still there that's fine you know when they have the articles but the articles have not been as as abundant as they normally are for our area and that's what happens when you cut down local reporting you know i've seen it uh, more so in the times tribune here in scranton uh, but i have noticed a little bit in the citizen's voice in uh, Wilkesbury, so you know if anybody in the upper echelon there is listening, you know it is becoming noticeable. You know whatever changes you're making there, and I don't know specifics. I know there were a bunch of buyouts where people, some long-term people there, you know, very people who did very good work there, you know, have have left. And I'm sure it's not; it's just the beginning of whatever's going to go on there. But it, it has been noticeable. Uh, also here locally, it looks like um, the Scranton City Council met yesterday talking about some of their things and uh you know some of it's a basic basic uh you know appointing someone to their ethics board uh they tabled uh 
a resolution authorizing an easement between the city and PP&L. There were a couple things that grabbed my mind. Oh, here, here we go. Introducing a resolution authorizing an $18,000 contract with Nlighton Corporation doing business as guide to provide a first responder mental health and wellness mobility app. The Scranton-based company proposal was one of 12 the city received. The guide app combines daily micro-learning courses in a community of others to allow first responders to proactively reduce suffering, improve mental well-being, build resiliency, learn new skills, and develop cross-cultural competencies, the proposal notes. Develop cross-cultural competencies, the proposal notes. Uh, It also addresses stress, loneliness, negative self-esteem, and emotional and mental trauma. Scranton issued a request for proposal for such an app earlier this year to make mental health and wellness services more accessible for city police and fire personnel. So $18,000 is not a big contract, but this is my wheelhouse. 30 years in public service, especially as a first responder. You know, I, I know these apps. I don't know this app specifically. I know they are a Scranton-based company. I know there's a long history of the company. Uh, I know there's a long history of the CEO of the company in this area. This is a fairly new company. But looking back, this company, the Lighten Corporation, doing business as the guide app, uh, just in January got a $100,000 grant from the American Rescue Plan from the city of Scranton to hire full-time personnel for their Scranton business in their startup company. And here they are in uh, the beginning of October getting an $18,000 contract for this app to help first responders in our area. Um, If you look at this company a little more in depth, they also received, I believe it was a quarter million dollar grant from the Veterans Affairs to do a similar, because this is not only for first responders, it also gears towards veterans. They received a grant for a quarter of a million dollars, I believe, for to help them get started with their app, you know, as far as gearing it towards veterans for Veterans Affairs, the, uh, the VA. So something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on, you know, it says they received 12 proposals. I remember when this request for bid came out the beginning of the year. Because, you know, I did find the, the, the public notice that they put out, and I did forward it to some, some people in the business that I know who did reach out to uh, the city of Scranton and did not get any response as far as looking to bid for it and, uh, you know, to, to get more information on this themselves, people who are looking to help law enforcement across the nation. So, again... Uh, this this app specifically is called the guide app. I did a little bit of research on it today. I'm going to continue to do a little research. But they did get a $100,000 grant from the city of Scranton to hire full-time personnel and expand their business in January. And now just received a contract for $18,000. Now, it doesn't say, is this a one-time payment? Is this an annual contract? Is this? It doesn't say what it entails. It just says to provide... Doing Business's Guide to Provide First Responders Mental Health and Wellness Mobility Application. So is this a one-time payment, $18,000, and now the city of Scranton, their fire and police, has this app? Um, you know, what's the future of it? It really doesn't say in this resolution here. So it'll be interesting to see, and I'm going to be following this because, again, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I talk about it all the time on a national scale. So it'll be uh, 
interesting to see that. They also adopted an ordinance ratifying Mayor Paige Kebhart Kignati's PGC emergency declaration from the floods. Um, and here's something else, too. They adopted an ordinance retroactive ratifying a $2.5 million settlement payment stemming from a class action lawsuit in gar- regarding trash fees. It says uh, they also, and I'm looking down here, they left tabled an ordinance amending the 2023 budget accounting for the $3.79 million in total settlement obligations. The $2.5 million for what we just talked about for the litigation about the trash, plus a, a $1.29 million Scranton must pay to reimburse Northeast Revenue Service for advanced costs in delinquent tax and refuse collection. So altogether, that's $3.79 million. Now, right after that, they adopted an ordinance effectively authorizing $4.07 million in borrowing from M&T Bank. Now, if you live in Scranton, if you're a Scranton resident, you're going to want to pay attention here. They adopted an ordinance yesterday authorizing $4.07 million in borrowing from M&T Bank at an interest rate of 4.85. The term of borrowing is nine years. The borrow money will be used to reimburse the general fund because they're paying the settlements out of the general fund. Thing is here, over that nine years, the taxpayer in Scranton will be paying a million dollars in interest for that $4.07 million loan if you're looking at 4.85% over nine years. That's a million dollars in interest there. And that vote was adopted. The ordinance was four to one with... uh, Councilman Schuster opposing the uh, authorization of that loan. So if you are a resident of Scranton, you will be paying $3.79 million in total settlements due to past issues that Scranton had with their garbage collection fees and their penalties and such like that. And you're going to be borrowing $4.07 million to reimburse the general fund because of those settlements at an interest rate of 4.85%. Which, again, over the nine-year period, you're looking at about a million dollars in interest. So uh, we'll see what happens in the, in the city of Scranton and how they uh, make up for that. So not only are you reimbursing the general fund, but now you also have to look at you're spending a million dollars more in interest fees that you normally would have been paying, wouldn't have been paying on this. Um, looking at some other resolutions. Again, this is specific to Scranton. They uh, adopted previously tabled legislation approving Scranton's 2024 capital budget, which forecasts projects, purchases, and funding sources as far out as 2028. A capital budget is is a good is something that that's very good to have. It basically lays out all your capital expenses over an extended period of time, so you could budget properly year to year. Like if if you need a roof replacement in City Hall. Uh, you you don't you want to plan for that over the life of that that roof. So if a roof has a twenty year lifespan, you want to start now saving a portion of that every year. So in twenty years, you have the money set aside so you don't raising taxes on individuals to pay for that new roof. And you want to do that with all your capital expenses. It's very entailed. It's very in depth. I I've done these studies. I've been. Uh, have have had to adhere to these studies when I was doing management for community associations and stuff. It's basically a requirement for a lot of HOAs. 
and uh, plan communities to have a capital budget that can be reviewed by anyone purchasing a home there. But it, it's good for your own house. It's good for your personal use. It's good for municipalities, municipalities like Scranton to have because it better plans out your big expenses as you move forward. Now, this could be your police car fleet. It could be a fire truck. It could be a new roof. It could be new windows. It's your computers. You know, it, it, it doesn't cover your day-to-day maintenance stuff, but it, carry, it covers your big capital expenses that you would have as an organization. Uh, for your private house, it would be for your vehicle. It would be for your siding, for your roof, for your windows, for your kitchen appliances, for stuff like that. Big big purchases that you need to survive and move forward and live in your home and your property and, and transport yourself and stuff like that. So it's a good idea to have. Um, you know, I do it with my vehicles. I, do it with my, my, I did it with my siding. I just had that done two years ago. You know, I do it with my roof now where we've put money aside, you know, every year. So when it's time to redo the roof, that money, most of the money is, should be there. So it's not a burden to say, okay, where am I going to come up with this $15,000 to redo my roof now? Uh, and again, that's just an example there. But you do it with your car too. You know, you take out a car loan, you pay off your car, and you're going to keep your car for three more years, four more years. Yes, even though your car loan is done, you should still take whatever you were paying to that car loan and put it in a separate account. So three years from now, you have three years worth of monthly payments that you could use as a down payment. And you have your car trade-in value. It gives you that much more to keep your next car payment down. And it's 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 fiscally responsible to to try and do. And I know this day and age with inflation and everything else, it's harder and harder. It's uh, 423 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 427 here at the station, 82 degrees and sunny. Got a text message in, good-natured, saying I was using um too much. I was reading the Scranton City Council minutes on their meeting last night, so you got to give me a break there. You tried to read it without saying um. There's a lot of ums there, but I do appreciate the feedback as always. Uh, the Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature-controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Some good news is, and this is coming from CNN Politics. Like I said, I um, pull my news from everywhere to get a nice balance when I can. But the U.S. is increasing, is increasing pressure on Ukraine to do more to counter corruption. We touched on this a little bit where I said this is where Zelensky lost me last week when he was here looking for more funds. And uh, I said it again, didn't I? I'm trying to look for exactly what those. Just bear with me. I actually broke down the funding that we have given to Ukraine so far. And it was a lot. That's the interest payments. I'll find it. Hang on. I apologize. Maybe I don't have it. I don't have it. I, I have. I will get it for you. I had the breakdown of what we're giving to them to run their government and in our military aid. Where there's two separate funding lines that we are giving Ukraine for their money, and. The U.S. has provided. Here we go. The U.S. Uh, has provided Ukraine with over twenty-three billion dollars in direct budget support since the war began, according to the Congressional Research Services. Uh, 
This money is separate from military aid and allows Ukraine to continue providing essential services to its citizens, like emergency first responders, health care, and education. It is dispersed by the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, through the World Bank to the Ukraine Ministry of Finance. So why are we letting the World Bank dish out our funds that are coming from the United States Agency for International Development? Why is there a middle person? Why is it our money from USAID going to the World Bank, then going to the Ukraine Ministry of Finance? Now I'm looking for the next part. Now what was that? $23 billion. Let's write that down there. $23 billion. Because it also breaks down what we've given them in military aid. And what, basically what we're asking is for them to account for every single penny. The U.S. intends to provide up to $3.3 billion in direct economic aid to Ukraine if Congress authorizes the $24 billion supplemental request for Ukraine. That's at risk now. Here we go. The Pentagon, meanwhile, is also taking new steps to better monitor U.S. military aid flowing to Ukraine. The Defense Department Inspector General announced last month that it will be establishing a new team in Ukraine to monitor ongoing U.S. security assistance to Kyiv, which has totaled more than $43.7 billion since the start of the Biden administration. $43.7 billion in military aid and $23 billion to run their government. And then they're talking about another $3.3 billion in direct economic aid. So you could do the math that there. And we're asking for better transparency because, like I said, there has been a multitude of corrupt officials in the Ukrainian government just in the past couple of months that have uh, caused us for concern. Reforms in the energy sector, the bastone of corruption and oligarch control are essential to cementing Ukraine's European integration, the State Department said in a strategy memo for Ukraine posted on its website in August. The memo added that Ukraine must maintain stable financial management of its economy in order to continue to fight the war, rebuild the economy, and achieve its goal of become prosperous, democratic Western country. Ukraine must slay the corruption dragon once and for all. So at least we're starting to ask questions, should say the least, but after we've given him so much money. And like I said, when he was here just last week, his answer to one of his defense ministries taking off with money was, well, that was Ukrainian money pile. It didn't come out of the American money pile. You lost me there, buddy. So, and, and I think a lot more to boot for that. I can't keep Paul waiting now. I kept him too long the last time. It's uh, 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. That's a song called Stand by a local artist, Nate Hosey, who's uh, been kind enough to let us use it for this part. It's about standing and respecting our national anthem and our flag and our heroes in America. And this is the point in the show where we uh, honor our heroes across America, and especially here in Pennsylvania, who made the ultimate sacrifice 
66 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, six of them from here in Pennsylvania. First, we're going to start off with Trooper First Class Blake T. Cobble. The Pennsylvania State Police in 2012 was killed when his patrol car collided with a tractor trailer at the intersection of SR-168 and Black Row Road in South Beaver Township. Next, we have Patrolman Paul E. Hathaway. Philadelphia Police Department in 1934 was killed when his police motorcycle struck a broken-down car at the intersection of Old York Road and ben- Belfield Avenue. Patrolman Richard A. Teak of the Pittston City Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1922. Police officer Richard Teak was killed when he lost control of his motorcycle near the intersection of North Main Street and Chapel Street. He had just finished patrolling the city's west side and was returning to the police station when he failed to negotiate a curve and struck the wooden railroad fence near the railroad's J Tower. Two civilians who were riding with Officer Teak after he offered them a ride home were treated at the hospital and released. He served with the Pittston City Police Department for five months. He was survived by his wife, mother, two daughters, and siblings. Again, that was Patrolman Richard A. Teak from right here in Pittston City Police Department. Policeman Edward Snow Boytonen, Philadelphia Police Department in 1921, was killed when his motorcycle collided with an automobile in Farragut Terrace and Walnut Street as he was pursuing another vehicle. We have uh, Police Officer Conrad E. Gibson of the Philadelphia Police Department in 1919 was uh, shot and killed Doesn't say where. And patrolman Andrew J. Kelly of the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police in 1903 was shot and killed near the Lincoln Avenue Bridge while investigating a disturbance between a man and a woman. And those are our six from here in Pennsylvania. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. To uh, discuss whatever you guys want to discuss. I'm just trying to look at some text messages right now and uh, look at the what's going on on TV. You have uh, Representative Nancy Mace right now making, uh, well, excusing the fundraising. No, not excusing, explaining her fundraising after the McCarthy vote. She did have a big social media push on all platforms fundraising off the issue and it seems to be the thing they do best in in uh, in Congress and it does I got a text message a deer crossing lanes on the interstate in Pennsylvania DOT recommendations are basically hit the deer and animal well that's not the DOT Pennsylvania DOT that's more of a national thing we were even taught that in uh you know, you drive through the animal. Like, obviously, most pe- more people are injured trying to avoid the animal or more more fatalities happen for trying to avoid the animal. But we will have tomorrow members of the Pennsylvania Game Commission in the studio uh, to talk about a plethora of, of things that are going on. We're going to be discussing whatever changes there are in the laws this season. So hopefully no one, uh, you know, goes awry of the policies, procedures, and laws while they're hunting this season, they'll talk about what the most common violations they find are. So you could avoid that. You know what they're looking for. New uh, training officers are going to be here to introduce themselves, training cadets. 
that are going to be with their training officers will be introducing themselves to the area, you know, speaking on their new profession and talk about how we could uh, be better stewards and conservators of our area here in Northeast Pennsylvania. So uh, if you're interested in any of that, they will be in the studio tomorrow, I believe right at the start of the show. They're coming in tomorrow. So we'll have a few of the Pennsylvania's finest, the Pennsylvania Game Commission in here to uh, discuss the the hunting season that just started. What last Saturday was opening day of archery. Uh, kind of sets off a, a whole uh, opportunity to get out in the field and, and fill your freezers and uh, you know spend some time with your loved ones and family. I love this time of year. So we will see uh, what happens. I'm getting more text messages on the the uh, what to do if you encounter a deer uh, on the highway. Hopefully, they are starting to get a they are starting to move. And with this weekend, the temperatures dropping from now what 82 degrees right now to this uh, this weekend, it's going to be down in the 50s on Sunday and all next week. I think it's on not getting out of the 50s. Uh, you're going to have the bucks getting stupid chasing the doe running all over the place, so be careful out there, really. Uh, I've noticed on my rural road, I've had a couple of deer run in front of my truck on the way home, which is right about dusk. Usually I'm getting home just before 7, and they are they are out and they are moving around. So with the drop in temperature this weekend, and plus more people in the woods because of hunting season starting, uh, just be be aware. Slow your, slow your ride home down, get there safely. I know on the highways, you know, it's hard, but if you see them on the side of the road, just be cautious because they do dart out whenever they want. But on the rural roads, they come out, they jump a fence, they come from the brush. You don't, you never see them. So you know, follow that speed limit. And this time of year, from now until that Novemberish, you really want to take it slow on those rural roads, especially after dark, because they are everywhere. I've seen a lot more does this year than I normally have seen. I haven't seen many bucks yet, so we'll see. It's uh, 444 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. You leave Jake unsupervised for just a little bit of time, and he goes off the rails in there. Thank you, Jake. It's uh, 449 here at WILK. 83 degrees and sunny outside. Um, Today in history, what do we got today? It's uh, World Animal Day. Ship in a Bottle Day. National Vodka Day. Ooh. National now, how can you do it? Today's National Taco Day and uh, National Kale Day. You can't have the same on the same day. National Taco Day and National Kale Day on the same day. That does not go well. Not at all. National Kale Day. That sounds pretty un-American. If you ask you me. know what, there was some Yahoo out there that said it's National Taco Day. We got to make it National Kale Day. Must be from California. Yes, it is. <laughs> National Cinnamon Roll Day. I did not know Yum. that. So tacos, kale. Cinnamon rolls, vodka. Yeah. And you're going to like this one I saw on Today in History. Well, we have the space race. The launch of Sputnik 1, the first artificial satellite to orbit the Earth in October 4th, 1957, was Today in History. The second largest cash robbery in the U.S. history occurs at Charlotte, North Carolina, office of Loomis Fargo & Company in 1997. And this one's just for you, Jake. All right. Um, Richard Noble sets a new land speed record in 1983 on this day of 633.468 miles per hour, (laughs) driving thrust two at the Black Rock Desert. 
proving grounds. 633 miles per hour. In 1983. 40 years? Yeah. But can he make four left turns? Good point. Right? (laughs) And uh, 1965, becoming the first pope to ever visit the United States of America and the Western Hemisphere, Pope Paul the sixth arrives in New York. 1965 was the first pope to visit the United States. I did not know that as well. See, this is why we uh, um, we talk about these things. And yes, 30 years since uh, Black Hawk Down in Mogadishu. I believe that was yesterday. Yeah, October 3rd. Yeah, it was yesterday. And, and I'll give you a quick story before we go on that. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down. I have. And do you know the, the Delta guide, Hoot? He's like, mm-hmm. hey, Hoot, yeah. you know, they, they asked me why I want to do that. Well, his real name is Hooten, and my son went to the Naval Academy with his son. They played football together, and I met his dad, who was Hoot from Black Hawk Down. He's now a pharmacist who specializes in veterans who've been overprescribed um, prescription opioids to, to battle, you know, their pain and such like that. He, he specializes. He's down in Florida now, and I've been able to have multiple conversations with him. That movie does not do what really happened there justice. Um, that was literally living through hell, what, what happened there. And the, the bravery and, and the, just the little pieces you see by watching the movie Black Hawk Down. But it was an uh, incredible experience for me just be meeting the guy and, and tailgating with him and spending some, some time with him. Many, many, I mean, four years we spent you know on tailgates at almost every football game. Uh, just a, just an iconic uh, patriot, and that's that's all I can explain there. But uh, he's uh, doing great now, and it was just interesting. And his his son's doing great now, also uh, in that kind of field, being a special operator. So the the apple does not far from far from the tree for Hoot from uh, from Black Hawk Down, the Delta operator who was known as Hoot. His last name is really Hooten. So. Uh, Little little piece of tidbits of the experiences of I, I've had, but I, I appreciate the texter who did remind me that it's been 30 years since that Mogadishu, and it was a. If you, the book is very in depth, so I, I suggest that if you've just watched the movie, maybe try reading the book on it, because it does really get into a lot more. But hearing the stories of what happened there, just the small pieces of that I've heard there firsthand are just incredible. The the actions of bravery that happened there. I mean, you have the two special operators that were dropped off to protect the helo that was down. They knew before they were dropped off, they basically set over the air to tell their families they loved them because they knew they weren't coming back. And they went down anyway to protect other Americans that were down there. And you cannot put into words what that is, what that means. It's uh, 434, 454 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. And if you don't know, that's the song they were playing as they were gearing up to head into downtown Mogadishu to uh, to get the terrorists and uh, bring them out and opened up a, a hornet's nest. So it'll be uh, interesting. I just got a text message. I thought it was Whiskey Wednesday. Yeah, I've been... I, I really have only done the Whiskey Wednesdays when I'm doing something the weekend before where I've had something that I want to bring to you guys. I just don't want to have it just to have it. 
But, you know, since since you do bring it up, and I was down in Annapolis this weekend, I did get a bottle of something for my friend. Uh, my friends were out of town. They let me stay at their house instead of getting a hotel room when I was down there, which I, I thank them for. I got a bottle of Evan Williams 1776, a uh, small batch. And you can get it in the state store here. I Actually, I got it down, uh, you know, in Einan at the state store there before I went down to just, you know, leave a bottle of something thanking them for for letting me stay down there. So I, I got that. And I've, I've had this before. I like it. It's very inexpensive, but it's very good. So just because something's not expensive doesn't mean it can't be good either. A lot of times, you know, the more expensive stuff, you get more complexity and more flavors and such like that. But if you're looking for a, a very good, inexpensive, now it's 90 proof, so it's a little on the higher side. But if you're looking for something that's um, not not going to break your bank, but just a good sipping bourbon, I highly recommend the Evan Williams 1776. Uh, so, you know, just so you know, going forward, usually when I when I partake in having good bourbon or I'm somewhere out where I had the opportunity to have something that I, I want to bring to you guys to let you know about it. I do, but just to have it, to have something to say on Wednesday, I kind of steer away from. So that's why I don't have it every Wednesday. But i got a couple of weekends coming up where I'm going to be away. This weekend I'm going to be out in western Pennsylvania, so maybe I'll have something to bring to you guys. And then the following weekend is uh, I'll be back down in Annapolis for the Air Force game, Navy Air Force game, so maybe I'll have something for you there. And the weekend after that, I'll be up in Saratoga Springs for my anniversary weekend. And I definitely will have something to bring, uh, talk about that Wednesday afterwards because the going to my, my buddy's house up there and we drink bourbon, so we'll have something to say. It's five o'clock here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages. 